The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha! You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. I'm going to welcome Tice up. And any children that would like to come up, Tice is going to have a children's message. So come on up to the stairs of the altar. Come on up to the stairs of the altar. I might just have him preach tonight. Thank you, Miss Brecky, for that tonight. So uh, tonight, as has been said, we're going to be focusing on this, the State Street Cross that is, as Tice made mention to, over 100 years old. The other day I was informed one of my children thinks Father Ted is 110, so congrats. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. Okay, um, and, and this, this State Street Cross, our brothers and sisters in faith, moved into a new church in downtown Elkhart on State Street. And they wanted to proclaim the gospel to the people in that community. So they continued gathering as a church, proclaiming the word of Christ, and continued to support their school that had also been there since 1874 in order to bring Jesus to the people in this area. Now in that church, placed upon the altar for all to see was this this beautiful crucifix, okay? There was, there was no doubt, as anyone walked into this church and looked at the altar, the centerpiece of this church, that, that those who were there were Christians who preached Christ and him crucified as St. Paul wrote for us. Here's a, a picture of, of the cross. It's hard to see, I know. Um, the cross right here under Jesus, and then you can see it again, Behind here, as Pastor Hepner was doing a baptism, this picture on the left is from the interior of the church when it was renovated in 1907, 112 years ago. And this cross sat on that altar before any of us were even a thought. Now, a lot has changed over the years. We've since moved to locations It was interesting, uh, at State Street, they then moved out to the country. There was nothing there to a place on West Boulevard and built a new church in the middle of this empty field. And empty fields all around. The pictures are kind of surreal. They moved out to the country to proclaim the gospel. And again, not more than 20 years ago, the people of Trinity Lutheran once again located out into the country. And so we've moved a couple times. And over the past 
hundred plus years, there, there have been a couple different pastors, if you can well imagine. And there's been different staff and there's, there's been different teachers. The world looks a little bit different now than it did a hundred years ago. We've had two world wars. The proliferation of the automobile and airplanes and, and radio and television and this new fandangled thing we call the internet. I'm not sure if it'll catch on, we'll find out. Yet some things remain the same. Because here we are, a hundred years later, still preaching Christ the crucified. I want you to look at, at this picture. This was the last service at the uh, State Street Church before they moved to the West Boulevard Church. And they left in uh, procession down the street and they moved, they moved to this location and you can see the cross right there. And if this is the Fellowship Hall where they met for Sunday school, they brought this cross with them and used it for Sunday school to remind all the children who our Christ is, who our God is. Any of you know Helen Fields? That's, that's Helen Fields right there. That's pretty cool. As I was looking, as I was looking uh, for these documents, I went through uh, the different photo albums all the way back to the 1940s the different uh, church directories and stuff. And some of you were in those directories. And you, you've aged very well. You're, you're beautiful still. You're, it, was, it, was, it was just unbelievable to look through our past and realize that while so many things have changed, some things have never changed. That they continue to preach to the kids in that fellowship hall as they did in church on Sunday. That we believe in Christ and Him crucified central to our faith, that Luther would, would say this was a critical part of our faith, that Christ took on the sufferings of man upon himself and bore them on the cross, bore the weight of our sin on the cross for our sake. He understands suffering. Could you imagine a God who's always there in the good times but doesn't really understand me, doesn't understand the struggle, doesn't understand what it means to be human? How could he ever understand what it's like? I mean, it must be nice being up there and, and perfect without a care in the world and everything's working out for you, away from pain and suffering and sadness, but here I am. How could you ever understand? And when we look to the cross and we see our Lord there, it draws us into this great mystery. He understands. He understands what pain is. He understands what suffering is. Not, not in some philosophical way, but he experienced it. And that doesn't make sense to the world. I mean, why would you celebrate a God who looks like defeat? Why would you celebrate a God who dies? I mean, it sure looks like, as you look upon the cross, that God has lost. There's no victory in death. And a God who loses, well, he's not much of a God, is he? And this is why Paul says it's a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. The Jews were anticipating a king to overthrow the foreign government that had taken them over, the Romans in this time. So when Christ comes as a Messiah, they expect him to overthrow Rome and establish a kingdom for the Jewish people. 
right then and right there. Likewise, the Gentiles would have expected a God to be full of of wisdom and power, like a a philosopher king. Probably not too much unlike uh, Alexander the Great. They wanted a God who was victorious. Think of their own idea of gods, be it the demigod like Hercules or, or Zeus and Poseidon. These were, these were strong figures, powerful and frightening, that used their strength to impose their will on humanity with great ease. Yet here's one who, who doesn't, doesn't try to impress with, with some great feat of strength. Or command massive armies to show how superior he is to everyone else. He doesn't doesn't come and crush those that he created. But he allows them to crush him. And all for their sake, for our sake. The wisdom of God... looks like foolishness. The strength of God looks like weakness. But as Paul says, the foolishness of God is wiser than anything of human wisdom. And the weakness of God is greater than anything of man's strength. A thousand times over, if we were given a chance to plot out salvation, I don't think any of us would give up our only son that he may suffer and die at the hands of those created. If we were given a thousand times over to establish a kingdom, we would probably do so with, with great shows of power and glory and splendor and awe. And he humbled himself. The king of the universe becoming a servant And that everything he does, absolutely everything he does, being for our sake, for you and me. And they mocked him on that cross. They mocked him. They they couldn't see. They cry out, he saved others. Let him save himself. They had no idea what they were saying. They had no idea that he didn't come to save himself. And they had no idea how many people he had saved. They had no clue how many people in that act he was going to save. An act that was not inflicted upon him, but one he willingly chose. Joseph of Arimathea would take him down from this cross. But a hundred years ago, our brothers and sisters in the faith wanted to make sure We didn't forget he was up there in the first place. They didn't want us ever to forget that we preach Christ crucified. What a beautiful faith we've been given. What a beautiful proclamation of the gospel our brothers and sisters have handed on to us and have entrusted to us that we may likewise hand it on to future generations. For the only way to resurrection is through death. The death that he chose for our sake. Because it's on the cross that our sins are placed upon him. But it was him, it was he who chose from the very beginning 
to put himself there. And so as we look to the cross, we remember this greatest act of love and we give thanks. This cross, I I don't know how many of you have seen it. We've used it for different things throughout the ages. In the Reconciliation Chapel back there, in that room back there, it's not the parenting room, it's the Reconciliation Chapel. We have it sitting there on the ledge in front of a, a stained glass window, a piece of stained glass from the West Boulevard campus. And it's in that room so that as, as people come in um, to the Reconciliation Chapel and confess their sins and receive forgiveness, they can look to the one who takes the sins upon himself on the cross. A sign of true healing. To, to open up our hearts to, to the darkness and to let it just be purified. And so my prayer is that we always be a people who proclaim Christ the crucified, who died for our sake. That we would be a people who would freely confess our sins and receive his mercy and grace. Even tonight after after church tonight, there's sins weighing heavy on your heart. Pastor Milky and I are going to be available for both anointing and uh, and healing and and hearing confession. For those of you who so wish to, uh, to, to do that, to partake in that sacrament. Because Jesus came for that very reason to bring healing to our lives. And I'm so grateful for this gift we've been given. As a reminder, as you came in, maybe some of you grabbed it, we have these cards out as you're leaving tonight. And they they have a picture of that cross on it. And on the back is the reading from tonight of 1 Corinthians. And every week we're going to have a picture of the cross we're focusing on. And we're going to have one of the scripture readings. I pray, take that, put it somewhere in your house, on a fridge, on a windowsill, wherever you're going to see it, and use it for your prayer life. That we remember we preach Christ and him crucified. And always turn to his gifts like our brothers and sisters did 100 years ago. And as they will 100 years from now, long after we've gone to be with the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for our brothers and sisters who held strong to the faith and have given, us, have given us strength and courage to live out our faith. Please enable us with all boldness to proclaim the gospel of Christ so the future generations too may know of your love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please stand for prayer.